Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the Train Em Up podcast. Let's get it. Welcome to the Train Em Up podcast. Train Em Up exists to equip young parents in discipling their children, helping them to be intentional, encourage imitation, and give instruction. My name is Joshua Chapman, and I have the honor and privilege of doing this podcast with my wonderful wife, my hot honey, my covenant commitment cutie, (laughs) the three C's, my wife, Stephanie Chapman, baby, what's good? I am glad to be here. Thank you, as always, for your kind introduction. You might be repeating a few of them now, though. I don't know. Oh, I'm sure I am. But it's all good, though. <laughs> it is. It's wonderful. Yeah. Well, sweetheart, we have reached the final episode of the fall season. Yes, we have. Yes. And so what we're going to do for this episode is similar or the same thing to what we did with the final episode of season one. It's going to be a Q&A. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. So Let's do we it. have heard from our listeners they have questions. We may have answers Hope once again, <laughs> um, but the Lord does have answers in his yeah. word. And so we're really excited. And thank you for submitting questions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Praying that we can share wisdom that comes from him yeah. and not from us for sure. Amen. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's get yeah. into it. Well, why don't we hop into it? And so first question, a lot of what you talk about involves some real intentionality and consistency. Somebody's been listening to the podcast. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) What advice would you give parents who struggle with creating routines and disciplining themselves, let alone their children? That's a great question. Um, And it's such a real question because, yeah, doing spiritual disciplines and having routines, like those things can be challenging for sure. Yes, I think I have three things that I would say to this person. Okay. The first I would say is definitely pray and pray specifically that the Lord would give you a greater burden for the eternal state of your children. Mm, mm, And because that's why we want to disciple them, right? Because Mm. we want them to know the Lord and we want them to follow him. And in obedience to the scriptures. And that that's the other thing I was going to say is also, no, no, you're great. Is praying also in light of the stewardship that God has entrusted to us as their parents, that we would obey him by raising them to know him. And so I would say, pray, pray, pray. And as we pray for things that we see in scripture, God changes our hearts to align with those things. Mm. And so I do think that that would be really helpful. Yeah. I think another thing I would say is that if spiritual disciplines are hard Mm -hmm. for a parent, that you just want to start small, you mm, know, and so that's just a word. pick one time a day. Yes. And it can be very short time, you yes. know, again, starting small and read your Bible with your kids. Mm. And that can be a verse. It can be just a passage um, and it can just pick whatever time you think you can be the most consistent with it. Yeah. Um, and hopefully you can increase that over time as you start small. But we want to not think that we have to be doing this perfectly in our own time to then do it with our children. Yeah. Because that's rarely going to happen, right? That Mm -hmm. we're just nailing it every day. No, it's, we want to disciple our children. We also want to be in the word ourselves, And if we need to do those things together right now, then I think that that would be helpful. Yeah. Um, So 
And then the last thing I would say is, I think it would be really helpful to invite others into this struggle. Mm-hmm. And so share with some other members of the church or with your spouse. Maybe your spouse yeah. is all about it and you're struggling. Ask people to check in on you, to hold you accountable, and to pray for you in that as well. Yeah. So. Yep. The one thing I would say is um, it is intentional. It doesn't have to be intent, but it does have to be intentional. Yeah. No, you know, and so let's keep it simple mm-hmm. um, and don't despise the day of small beginnings. Mm-hmm. And so start yeah. small and just be faithful yeah. in that small thing and see how the Lord uh, uses that in your life and in the lives of your That's children. That's so good. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. And so moving on, have you thought as parents about the role technology will play in your home? How have you come to this decision? And so I can start us off with this one. Um, Honestly, earlier in our marriage, in our parenting, we really didn't give it much thought. Um, Things changed for us after we listened to Andy Crouch's book, Tech Wise Family. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. That was a... It was a game a changer. mind shifter. Yeah, 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 it was a game changer. It really shaped us to where we learned through the book um, that there are just way better alternatives mm. than just having our kids in front of technology. Or even ourselves. Or even ourselves <laughs> as well. Yeah. 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 And so it's more restful for our children. It's more engaged, uh, more engaging. Uh, we're able to be more relational. Is mm. We're able to make more memories. And so the book really did just jumpstart us mm. into the perspective that we really want to limit the mm-hmm. exposure that our kids have to technology, mm-hmm. especially the TV, um, yeah. and even just using our phones. Yeah, no, it's so good. And I think even what you're getting at is some of those alternatives he laid out in the book, mm-hmm. you know, are the things that use our mind, that yeah. use our creativity, yeah. that provide more rest or relational engagement. You know, even with our kids right now, art, drawing, coloring, imaginative play playing together, reading books to them. Facts. Like there's so many other things, playing outside, other Mm. things that we can... Playing with a ball, basketball, football, just all these kinds of things. We'd love to get into that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, or going on outings together. Just so many other things that can be, you know, just more Mm -hmm. life-giving. And so, yeah, just not just having a no TV kind of mantra but rather what are better options yeah you know we can put before our children yeah yeah no that's really good that's really good and I think even you know I would assume we would say for for our kids for tv we would rather them getting to watch a show be like a special treat mm-hmm. rather than a regular rhythm yes we'd want a movie night to feel like a special yeah. event rather than we just do this all the time yeah yeah, yeah. No, so that's really good yeah and I think The last thing I'll just say on this is even in that same vein, mealtimes, we want to have our phones up and model that for our kids to show we're here. We want to engage with you in hopes that 10, 15 years down the road, if they've got devices, they know, no, this is a time where we engage each other, family, that kind of thing. And so it can be really tempting to turn that TV on so quick for so many reasons. Very. Yeah. But again, um, and some seasons are going to call for that possibly for as help, you know, for, for different reasons. But yeah, ideally for us treat rather than regular rhythm. So, yeah. All right. So if your child can't speak well, thinking like under the age of three, 
what's the benefit of still teaching them like catechisms, scripture memory, and stuff like that? Mm. That's a good question. Yeah, that's a really good question. I think uh, one of the things you reminded me in light of this question is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse, what's that, 15, where Paul told Timothy, like, you know that from infancy you have known the sacred scriptures, which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so Timothy was acquainted with the scriptures from infancy. Yeah. You know, and so one, I think that's definitely a benefit mm-hmm. to the regular rhythm of teaching and instructing them with the word, seeking to hide it in their hearts is a benefit that would definitely pay dividends later. Yeah. And then, you know, when you talk about a child who's under three, they probably can't speak that well, Mm -hmm. but they can speak, you know? And Mm -hmm. so like a two-year-old can say a few words. And so with that, I just think it's good to begin to instill God's word in their hearts, whether it's catechism through the Q and a, you know, like the first question is, you know, in the truth and grace, who made you? God made me. Well, Mm -hmm. for a two year old, they can just say God, Sure. you know, or they can say God made Mm -hmm. me. And it's not as clear as it would be a four year old or a five year old, but But it's still doable, but it's still doable. They're still learning. And as they get older, they will be speaking more clearly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's so true. And I think even, you know, we've done this some is hand motions. Hand motions can be a really fun way for young, young kids to still be showing you that they're, Oh yeah. They do the mom and ministry. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I think the reminder that this is, this is the long game. And Mm -hmm. so it's not a race of how many catechisms or scriptures can they learn by age five. It's just, we just want to be doing it. Yeah. 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 And like I said, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Yeah. For all these. For all these. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's my answer yeah. for all of them. Don't <laughs> yes. despise small beginnings. Just don't start despise. small, be faithful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Oh, this is a bit of a doozy. And so <laughs> since it's the holiday season, what are your thoughts on teaching your children about Santa Claus? Hmm. Yeah, that's here a good one. Here comes Santa Claus here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a good one. I think especially in light of, yeah, the episode we did on holiday traditions. Mm-hmm. Obviously, and Santa wasn't included. Yeah, we <laughs> we didn't talk about him. Um, so we will now. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say first and foremost, what I would want to say is that we do believe there's freedom here. There is mm. freedom in Christ Um on the different traditions we do. Um, we want to be honoring the Lord with all of them, of course. Um, but we're not here to say, this is what we do. And we're going to look down on everyone who does it differently, you know? And so, yeah, we want to want to preface with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah. And so I would say, in light of what we shared during our holiday traditions episode, we as a family really want to strive to make Christmas all about the Lord mm. um, because that is what the holiday is about. It's we're celebrating his birth that he mm. has come to save. Yeah. And come so on. I would say that even without doing Santa, we still find it difficult <laughs> yeah. to make it all about the Lord because it's so easy to turn our attention to Christmas lists. And I mean, our kids already. I want this for Christmas. I want this for Christmas, you know, and want 
their focus to be all on yeah. what they're getting. And, and so we're trying to turn it away from that. Mm-hmm. And if, if we're doing the, the Santa tradition, it, we just feel that it would make it that much harder yes. to keep their focus on Christ and why we celebrate yes. it. So, yes. Yeah. Um, so all that to be say, we don't, to be clear, we, we are not teaching our kids about Santa. We're yeah. not telling them that he's real. Yeah, or, or yeah. I mean, we go the other route sure. and tell him that he doesn't exist, right, yeah. that he's not real. Yeah. And other reasons why we have landed on this, because we've talked through this quite a bit, uh, even before we had kids. Yeah. And so, yeah, so other reasons why we have landed on this is, um, you know, Santa Claus, It's seen, he is seen as the one who gives gifts. And on the surface, he can seem in their eyes better than Jesus. Yeah, because they <laughs> say this what they want and they get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. We don't want anyone to be competing with Jesus mm-hmm. in this way or any way because mm-hmm. no one is greater than Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, he is the Savior. He's the King. Um, and not only that, along with that, Santa is described in uh, with divine attributes mm-hmm. or Christ-like. He really is described with divine attributes. When you think about some of the songs, he sees you when you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. He knows when you're awake. He knows when you've been bad or good. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. And so from that, what we see, he's described as omniscient, as he knows everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's described as omnipresent. And it's just that he sees you in all of these ways. Yeah. Um, and especially when we think about the Truth and Grace Catechism, we've taught them that only God is everywhere. Yeah. yeah. You know, but... Santa is described in one sense as omnipresent. Yeah. Seeing all these things, knowing all these things. Seeing all these things, knowing all these things. Um, And the message of Santa is one of works-based righteousness. So be good for goodness sake so that you can get the gifts that Mm. you want. Yeah. You know, so be kind so that you can get the gifts that you want. The motive is selfish. The motive is selfish. It's all Mm -hmm. self-centered, which, again, it's a gospel. It's not a gospel, but it is a message of works-based righteousness. Mm -hmm. Do these good things and you will get this. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas the the gospel has a far greater message. The reality is... You are sinful and you are bad. We're all naughty. <laughs> We're all naughty. <laughs> you have a, a Christmas yeah. mug that says that. <laughs> well, yeah, one of our ministry partners sent us a Christmas mug yeah. saying you're all naughty with a Romans 310 on it. <laughs> Santa, yeah. I'm saying, but it's true, though. Like, we're all naughty, but mm-hmm. here's the wonderful thing. God is gracious. Yeah. And there's absolutely nothing that we can do to free ourselves or be good. Mm-hmm. But that's why God sent his son, Jesus, yeah. to save us to reconcile us, to justify us, to forgive us, to all these things like that. Um, And the message from that is because Christ has saved you, love your neighbor. Right. Be compelled by his love to do good to others for the glory of his name. And not out of fear, but out of love. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And really, as you just said, all of those things that come through the gospel, it's that reminder that these all these are great gifts from God, salvation, forgiveness, mm-hmm. mercy, adoption into his family, all that, which are far greater than any gift under the tree. Yeah. And I think that's where we want to elevate the mm. gifts that Christ offers. Mm-hmm. But if we're so focused on that, it can be hard yeah. Yeah, to do that. Yeah. And I just thought, I mean, the thought just came to my mind. Like when you, like if someone were to teach 
their children about Santa, it all it also in one sense removes um, an opportunity to teach our children about the kindness of God. Mm. You know, like James one says, every good and perfect mm-hmm. gift is from above, mm-hmm. coming down from the Father yeah. of lights. Yeah, you know, and so it's like even the sweet gifts that we sure. get under the tree, yeah, under the mm-hmm. tree. They actually come from God. Yeah, that's good. A very generous and kind God. So we get an opportunity, even with a few things that yeah. we even give our kids that they enjoy, to let them know like God is mm-hmm. the giver ultimate of good giver, gifts, yeah. the ultimate mm-hmm. giver. And not only that, if these gifts are good and they come from him, then how much better is he? Yeah, that's so good. You know, yeah. and so I would just say those things, and on top of the fact that we really do want to be honest with our children in mm-hmm. every area of life and in every conversation with Mm -hmm. them and that includes this area yeah I agree (laughs) (laughs) and so and you know lastly our kids are five and so we're kind of teaching them this now Mm -hmm. five three and one we're teaching this now knowing that more conversations later like I would last thing I would say with it I would we're going to catechize our kids in some ways mm-hmm. to where we're going to tell them, don't be anti-Santa evangelists. We want to be evangelists about the gospel. <laughs> <laughs> Might break that down. <laughs> yeah, don't with go that. around yeah. Yeah, trying to ruin people's traditions. Yeah. Other yeah. thing is the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Let's not be the ones to go around and tell kids that Santa don't exist. Mm-hmm. Let's let their parents do that. Yeah. You know, at the same time, we also want to teach you to be honest. Mm-hmm. And so having said that, when they get older, like we teach them, hey, if someone asks you, does Santa exist? Do you believe in Santa? What should you say? No, just answer the question. I do not believe in Santa. Mm-hmm. And then if they say why or how come you don't believe in Santa, well, then children, our kids have full permission to be honest and saying he's not real mm-hmm. or he does not exist. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it's not our kids being anti-Santa evangelists. It's our kids being honest mm-hmm. in those moments. If somebody's kid want to give a follow up <laughs> to the question, like I have no problem yeah. at all yeah. with encouraging our children to give sure. the right answer, to yeah. give the true answer. Yeah, you're saying don't give the reason unless someone asks you yeah but if they ask you you can tell them you can yes. you should tell right them. yeah you should yeah um and so yeah That's all good. right <laughs> moving on <laughs> and so baby how do you adapt your holiday traditions or family routines when traveling or out of town with family yeah that's good that's a A really good one, and I think that's such a common thing we all face when we travel, is that travel just naturally disrupts regular rhythms. Mm -hmm. Um, Oftentimes when we're in other people's homes or we're, you know, in an Airbnb or whatever, doing different things than our regular routines, we have to get creative to still be intentional and instructing them in all of the things we want to live out. Um, So, yeah, it does take some, yeah some being flexible yes. with, with those routines. Yes. Um, but what else would you say to that? Um, so in light of the flexibility with the routines, we try to maintain as many as we can, you know, like the highs and the lows, praying before meals, some of our bedtime routines. Mm-hmm. Um, we try to do family worship. At the same time, we are also aware that when we're out, especially around family, like our kids 
along with their cousins, they're up later and they're out later. Mm -hmm. And these two things are good things. Like they're spending time with family. It's partly why we go out of town. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Having said that, like sometimes they're up later. And so it's past their bedtime. We have to clean up the play area. So there are times where family worship is like, I don't want to say thrown out the door, but we just don't do it. If anything, we try to do something intentional in the bedtime routine, Mm -hmm. whether it's read one verse or read a few pages from a book like Little Pilgrim's Big Journey Mm -hmm. and then pray for them and give the bedtime blessing. You know, so we try to stick to the routine as much as we can while at the same time we don't have a clenched fist to it we're willing to call an audible and just do one simple thing like a verse or a page from a book and then pray and put them down yeah no that's so good i think that's yeah it's pretty much what we do (laughs) yeah all right and so if i've lived in my home for a while but don't know any of my neighbors is it too late to meet them how can i practically get to know them now maybe i'm a Pass this one on to you. All right. Sounds good. Um, I would say anytime we want to do a loving thing, it's never too late to do that. Come on. And so, yeah, even if you're, your neighbors are packing up a moving truck (laughs) or you are, (laughs) but you're both outside and there's a chance to go engage them. I say, do it, you know? Um, and so, yeah, first it's never too late. Um, I think also that practically, I think one of the easiest things probably, especially as we think of family discipleship and so wanting to involve our kids would be to bake some cookies with your kids and take them over together. And, you know, this one can be unintimidating then for the neighbor because they don't even have to leave their home. You're just Mm. knocking on a door telling them your name, giving them some cookies. And, and, And cookies are a really good idea. Like who don't? Yeah. Love cookies yeah. unless you have an allergy. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but like seriously though, cookies yeah. is a simple and easy thing. It's a kind gesture. Yeah. And um, if they're not home, you can leave a note. Yeah. Put your phone number on there yeah. and leave them on the front door, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I would say that could be a practical way of how to get to know them. And I think you really can just be honest with them of, yeah. I'm wanting to get to know those I live around. I yeah. believe God place me here for a reason and I'd love to get to know you. Um, and we also want to be open and ready to serve you if there's ever a need. And so here's my number, Yeah, you know, yeah, just something as simple as that, but letting them know why you want to introduce yourself, Mm. but then leaving it, leaving it there and kind of putting the ball in their court to some degree. Yeah. And even involving your kids in that. Yeah. It's a sweet thing. Taking your kids with you as you go and introduce yourself to your neighbors. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I think the last thing I would say just from personal experiences, you know, at our last home we lived in literally the last week we lived there, I got a chance to share the gospel with our neighbors. Now Mm. we had already been building a relationship with them and had them over for a meal. Right. But hadn't got to share the gospel yet. Mm -hmm. And so literally the week we're about to leave, got to have that kind of a conversation. Mm. And so, yes, ideally, I wish we still lived next door to them and could be building that relationship more, yeah. especially after getting to share. Yet, I don't want to underestimate how the Lord could use mm-hmm. that gospel presentation to them either already or years down the road. And yeah. so, again, we just you never know how the Lord could use our efforts, even if they feel like 
oh, I should have done this already, or I wish I did this already. It's like, just be faithful now. Amen. Amen. That's really good. So what is the biggest thing you two, oh, it's for both of us. What's the biggest thing (laughs) you two, (laughs) well, the question explicitly is wanting an answer from the two of us. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) (laughs) What is the biggest thing you two have learned in regards to family discipleship in the last six months or six ish months? Um, I'll go first if you want. I would love that. Okay. Take the lead. Yeah. I would say consistency and patience. Uh, consistency in the sense that um, continue to put the scriptures before your children in whatever way you're trying to teach them, Mm -hmm. whether it is a memory verse, whether it's huddle time, whatever it is, um, they may not get it. They won't get it on the first go around. Yeah. Um, Neither do myself or anyone as an adult, rarely ever. Yeah. Um, And at the same time, as you're consistent and repetitive with it over time they will get it Mm. Um, at least in God's kindness that's one of the things that we've experienced whether it's songs or any sort of teaching yeah scripture um, memory scripture memory and and with the consistency what's implicit in that is the need for patience yeah it's going to take time it's so good yeah it's going to take time and at the same time we can also do disservice if we're impatient with our children Mm. if we're mad at them that they haven't gotten it if we are not fun and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but that patience that waiting without grumbling and waiting with joy with hope with hope as you are consistently teaching them i just think over time by god's grace will pay dividends that's great that's really good so i actually agree I think we just came up with our own on our own, and I agree. <laughs> but I'm going to slap a verse on there. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's always great to give God's yes. word. Um, just as we think about Galatians 6, 9, let us not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Mm. And I think, and that's what you're getting at, um, but to not get tired of doing good. So what does that doing good look like? Being consistent. Yeah. Continue, continue, continue doing good. For at the proper time, that's future oriented. So we're waiting patiently for that fruit to come. Now, it doesn't promise that the fruit means salvation, though we pray and labor towards that end. Mm. But I think what I have seen in the last six months is as we've stayed consistent, I've seen a few things happen. One, I've seen our two older kids grumble less about huddle time Mm. than they used to. It used to be a lot harder and come on, we're just... Give us five minutes. Yeah. We're going to do that. And we now, felt like Dennis pulling teeth. Yeah. <laughs> He's a dentist. I'm like, who's Dennis? <laughs> we felt like yeah, dentists. Dentist, yeah. Um, so I think one that just seeing our older kids buy into it more now and yeah. even just, yeah, be more eager to do it and participate. Yeah. I think also we've seen our youngest, who's now a year and a half, um, really jump into participating with us now now that she can sit in her own chair she can do hand motions she can even try to do some of our little whose word do you need she'll say yeah even (laughs) though no one would know that's what she's saying but we do because she says it every time yeah and so i think seeing that wow for a year and a half she has been a part of this rhythm without being a participant yeah 
And she has just jumped right in because mm. she knows what it looks like because yeah. she's seen it. And so I think that kind of consistency has paid off as well. And then the last thing I've seen is our kids are just asking a lot more questions now mm-hmm. um, just by the continual ways. By God's grace, we're talking about the Lord. We're sharing the gospel. We're learning scriptures or teaching scriptures mm. that their minds are starting to turn. Yeah. And they're actually... Like, what's some questions? Yeah. So one... <laughs> I don't know how she got this. Maybe we talked about it, but our three-year-old has literally said, daddy, when did you trust in Jesus? Yeah. Mommy, when did you trust in Jesus? It's like, wow, Mm -hmm. that's amazing. You're asking that right now, you know, or our son will say, I trust in Jesus. Why Mm -hmm. are you saying that if I will, like I do. And that's just led to really, I mean, obviously we're praying that he really it's does. Yeah. yeah. But it's led to us getting to have some more one-on-one conversations with him. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think just through that consistency of just sticking with these rhythms, we're getting to see some of these things, which has just been really humbling and sweet to see. Yeah. Yeah. yeah God has been kind in that. Yeah. I like that question. It's sweet to get to reflect and mm-hmm. see that. Yeah. yeah. And so what would you say to a parent who says they don't have enough time or time is the biggest obstacle in family worship, hosting and hospitality, or memorizing scripture. Yeah. I mean, that's so real. So Extremely real. I'm not going to say like, oh, that shouldn't be a true question. It's like, yeah, like we are all busier than we've ever probably been. Yeah. <laughs> and so. Time I, is a precious commodity. <laughs> yeah. And we're filling it up more and more these days. Yeah. And so totally understand that. I think I would say to find one thing. And stick with it. So it's similar to how I answered a previous question, but Mm -hmm. pick one thing and stick with it so that it stay becomes and stays a part of your regular rhythm. That's good. Um, And hopefully if seasons do ebb and flow and slow down, you can add more Mm -hmm. to that, but at least pick one and stay as consistent as possible and ask the Lord to bless it and use it in your children's life. Yes. Another thing I would say is, I think this just goes for all of us that we can really take an inventory of how our time is spent Mm. Um, and maybe even open up yourself and your schedule and your use of your time to another member of your church or to your spouse, obviously spouse first, but like spouse or another member of your church Yes, and allow, yeah. (laughs) And allow them to speak in. Yeah. Because the the truth of the matter is we often prioritize what is important Mm -hmm. and we make time for it. That's good. And so, are there things in your schedule that you can cut out Yeah, and you can possibly replace with more family discipleship rhythms? Yeah. Cause the thing is, at least this is true for me. Oftentimes my schedule can be filled with really good things, but I can be neglecting my responsibilities to raise my children and be intentional with my children because maybe I'm doing other good ministry type things, yeah. discipling type relationships, but we don't want to be a part of these other good things at the expense of living out the commands God gives us as parents yes. to train our children yes. in the fear and instruction of the Lord. Amen. Yeah. I think the other thing I would add is pray yeah. to prioritize this. Pray that God would incline one's heart towards this. And also knowing that, know that it doesn't have to be long. Yeah. It does not have to be long. Mm-hmm. Like an intentional time of discipling your children can last five minutes. Yeah. 
And God can do so much within That's those so five true. minutes. Yeah. And so I was, because some people are really busy. Yeah, both yeah. parents and I don't are wanna, working yeah. in the home. And not working in the home, but both parents have full-time jobs right. outside of the home and stuff like that. Yeah. To where it's like, man, you don't really have as much time, which is a yeah. real thing. I would just say, try to be intentional with a small thing and not let it last long. Yeah. No, it's so good. So, yeah. And I don't want to be insensitive to yeah, that for yeah, those yeah, yeah. who do really have such small margins. Yeah. But for for some of us, mm-hmm. we might actually have more margin than we think. And yeah. doing that inventory and stuff mm-hmm. might help us see that. Yeah. And for those who do have small margin, there is something that they can do. Right. It just has to be shorter. Right. And that's not a bad yes. thing. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. And so, babe, when do you talk to your children about certain things like death hmm. and how? Um, I can I can start with it. I would say, man, uh, the sovereign in the sovereignty of God, we've been forced to have more of these conversations much sooner mm-hmm. than we thought that we would be having these yeah, conversations. Yeah, like within the past two plus years. We've lost three grandparents, mm-hmm. you know, and our children are five, three, and one. Right. And so they, like, especially our oldest, he remembers, mm-hmm. you know, uh, your your grandmother. Mm-hmm. He remembers your granddad. Yeah. He remembers my grandmother that we've lost yeah. within the span of two years. And so we've had to have combos because... You know, your grandma lived with your parents, right. and so it was a regular rhythm right. to see Absolutely. her mm-hmm. every time we were at home. And not only that, it's a regular rhythm to see your grandparents, so your yeah. granddad, every time we went right. to visit your family. It yeah. was a regular rhythm for our children to see my grandmother right. when we went home. And yeah. so we had to have some of these combos about um, yeah. about death. Yeah. You know, and... So, We've also had those convos in the context of the gospel. Now we talk about sin. That's true. Death. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't anything new in and of itself. It just brought it closer to home because we've lost a family member. They're actually seeing the the effects of that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. The finality of death in this life. Yeah. So I would say that. Yeah. um, And I think I would just say more on a more practical level, even when we do have these conversations, we really strive to use biblical language and and really talk about the reality of what has happened Mm -hmm. Um, because we want to be honest with them. We don't want to sugarcoat it to where they're believing something that's not true that we have to correct later. Um, And that can be hard because this can be a hard concept for them to understand. And we also don't want to provoke this fear of death in them, especially at a young age when they're confused about what's happening. Um, but we do want to be honest and the Lord really can use it. Um, so I would say ideally in having this type of conversation with young children would be to keep it simple Mm -hmm. and to not overwhelm them. Yeah. Um, and so we've said things just practically of, you know, we won't see them anymore in this life. Um, and that, you know, I will say in God's kindness, those who we have lost in these last two years, have all professed faith in Christ. Mm -hmm. And so that does make the conversation sweeter with our children because we get to talk about the reality of heaven and seeing Jesus face to face and that they're not suffering. They're not sick. They're not in pain, you know? And so has been able to allow us to highlight heaven before our children for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I would say those are just, we do talk about 
yeah, the reality of kind of what happens after yeah. a person dies and that we won't see them more now, yep. um, but that God is with us and that he's mm. here to comfort us when we're sad and yeah. confused and that we want them to be able to talk to us about it. And that's, what's been sweet too, is that it really surprised us, but our son really, after my granddad passed away, asked a lot of questions for the next few months of mm. just you know, mommy, when are we going to see granddad again? Will he be, is he coming back? (laughs) You know, um, one time he asked me like, mommy, when are you going to heaven? You know? And so you could see that kind of fear of like, mom, when's this happening to you? But Mm -hmm. he's getting the reality of it, I guess. And even once he was like, mommy, I don't want to die yet. And it's like, that's a very real thought. Um, but that even allowed me the chance to talk about how heaven is so much sweeter um, then our life here. And yeah. so though I understand <laughs> you're five, you, you're not, you know, wanting that to happen. I get that, mm-hmm. but I do want you to know if you trust in Jesus, there's no fear in that because mm. it's actually way greater. That's good. And so, yeah, I would say those are some of the things that have come out of having these conversations. Yeah. Um, but it's really opened the door to get to share the gospel. Absolutely. Um, and lastly, I'll say, and we can put this in our show notes, that Lauren Chandler wrote a book called Goodbye to Goodbyes that you yeah. found. Yeah. Um, that is actually about the story of Lazarus, Jesus raising Lazarus from the grave. But it's, yeah, it's a very kid-friendly way to have that conversation with your yeah. children. Yeah. So. I think one thing I would add is since we've been reading the books, Little Pilgrim's oh, yeah. Big Journey, that's helped us out a whole lot yeah. in the sense of learning like, you know, the king did come to save a people and all who love the king will get to be with him yeah. in eternal life when they die and that he will one day return. Um, they also know the reality of hell. Yeah. Like our children knows that yeah. so much so that yeah, I was reading one of these Christmas books to the kids <laughs> and it was talking about Matthew two with King Herod and how he was trying to kill Jesus. And <laughs> my middle daughter, our middle daughter was like, that's not good. He's going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> and she understood. Well, the thing is, it's funny, but she understands that those who do not love Jesus in this life, Mm -hmm. if they die not knowing and loving Jesus, then they will spend an eternity away from Jesus. And that's in hell. And so we not trying to scare them into trusting in Jesus. At the same time, we're just honest with them that there are, there are real ramifications uh, for how one responds to Christ. It, it matters. Yeah. Eternity is at stake. Yeah. And we also want them to know this is what Jesus came to save us from. Yeah. And we get to be with him if yeah. we trust in him. And really, it's putting all the benefits that come through, I mean, ultimately through death when mm. you trust in Jesus. That Yeah, death, because Christ has come ex- and died right. and rose. Yes, that we don't have to only talk about death in like a scary, yeah. I don't ever want that to happen way. Yeah. Yeah. Not that we want our children going around wanting to die. Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? We ain't yeah. trying to have to be morbid or no, anything like but, that. Yeah. Just talk so highly about eternity and yeah. what is to come for and those Christ. who trust in Christ. Yeah. 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 No, that's good. That's yeah. good. And so sweetheart, especially with the younger ones. Okay. How do y'all model and explain mercy and grace to them? That's a great question. Um, I would say one 
before even modeling is I do think instruction come needs to come. Well, I'm not saying don't model it. Like yeah. <laughs> be gracious and merciful to your children yes. all the time. But I think if we're wanting them to understand what grace and mercy are, I think that can't just come through modeling, but mm-hmm. we want to teach that to them. Yes. Um, and so yes. I do think teaching them what grace means, teaching mm-hmm. them what mercy means, and ultimately teaching them that through Jesus yeah. and what he did. Um, but then, yeah, a lot of times for us, mercy and grace, we get to model that when disciplinary situations come into play mm-hmm. and we choose to refrain from disciplining and we share that we're showing mercy yeah, or we give them a privilege that they did not deserve in that moment. And yeah. we want to make sure we're telling, yeah, telling this them is this grace. is a gracious thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, one thing I would say is you did a phenomenal job. You taught our kids Exodus 34 verses six and seven, and you explained what mercy is mm-hmm. not getting what, we deserve, mm-hmm. that God is compassionate. And then on top of that, in the specific moments, you take advantage of it and be like, you deserve this. I'm going to show you mercy, mm-hmm. you know, or you're going to, we're going to give grace. So we just highlight those moments mm-hmm. as you were pointing out. Yeah. Yeah. When you choose to treat your child in that way, telling them that's yeah. what you're doing so mm-hmm. that they can really grasp it. Yeah. yeah. Concrete examples. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. And so last right. question, baby, uh, how have you helped your children see the place of the local church in their lives? Yeah. That's really good. You want to take this or you want me to take this? I can take it. Okay. Uh, using the three eyes, we try to be intentional with it. I think one imitation by example, we prioritize the corporate gathering. We, uh, they know that Sundays is the Lord's day. Mm-hmm. We gather with God's people. We have God's people in our home. Um, and so one, we seek to model it in that type of way. We pr- pray regularly for church members. We have them go with us when we seek to serve church members, you know, so one, we try to show them that the church is a family and we try to, we try to have that in our life. Another thing is instruction. Um, we teach them that God's people, that God's church is a family, the family of God. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, we help them. We encourage them. We explain what takes place on Sunday mornings in the corporate gathering and why it's important for us and it's good for them. We are praying that they would someday be a part of the church Um and so, and like they, they, I think by God's grace, we've been faithful in this to where if there's a Sunday where we miss for whatever reason, they are like, they see it as strange. Yeah. Like we're not going to church, yeah. you know, or how come we not going to church mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, just true. really try to put that before them yeah. through instruction and imitation and with instruction, I think his name is Devon Provincher uh-huh, has yeah. a really great book on the church. Called the church, right? Yeah. 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 No, so, that's good. Well, thank you guys so much for all the questions. We greatly appreciate it. Um, and man, we do hope and pray that you guys are encouraged by yeah. this episode. We're looking forward to continuing um, train them up in yeah. the new year, 2024. Mm-hmm. You pray for us <laughs> yes, <laughs> as please, we prepare for the next please, season. Please, please. Yeah. 
And so thanks for rocking with us. Until next time, grace and peace. Grace and peace.